popular question we get asked regularly is, how do I know if my customers are happy with our relationship? There's probably no better way to identify how to build better relationships with your clients than by using our Mindset Survey tool. The Sales Mindset Survey is a free-to-use tool that is revolutionizing the sales performance industry. This survey utilizes competing questions and the user's perceptions of themselves to identify just how well they truly perform. Are you manipulative or authentic, supplier or client-centric, complacent or proactively creative, overtly arrogant or tactfully audacious? There is no right or wrong and the survey will only be helpful as you are honest. But then why did you go one step further? We also offer a 360-degree perspective that allows you to share the survey with your peers and colleagues as well as your customers to gain even deeper understanding of how you sell. Do your customers see you in the same light of how you see yourself? Becoming a better salesperson has never been an easy task, but the journey can be made much quicker and more effective with the right tools. By focusing on those problem areas, you will join the top 10% of sales performers in the industry and make your way to the winner's circle. Why did you give the Sales Mindset Survey a go today? The results may just surprise you. The link to the survey is in the show notes. Now, on to the episode. Okay, right. <laughs> Laura, welcome to the Consalia Sales Transformation Podcast. Thank um, you very much, Phil. We got you here finally. <laughs> yes, yes, finally. And I'm really excited to be here with you today. Okay, well, it's an absolute pleasure. And I know that we've been trying to get you on the Sales Transformation Podcast Series uh, for some months now. And uh, I think it started when you are at Vodafone. And I think we'd noticed you'd won a prestigious award for the work you'd been doing with a Sales Transformation Initiative. And we thought we must have you on the series to come and talk to us more about you and your experiences and so on. Um, so um, actually, before we talk about that, I'd, 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 I wonder if we could, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, just share a little bit more information about who you are and uh, what your background has been in sales and, and how you've ended up in sales enablement. Of course, of course. So uh, my background, as you can hear from my accent, I'm not native English. Um, well, that, you do speak English incredibly well, Laura, I have to say. You. So uh, congratulations on that. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. And uh, I, I'm Italian and yeah. uh, that's where I lived the majority of my life. I moved to London about 10 years ago now. Um, and, uh, I have a big family. We're an inclusive family of six, um, two daughters, two, uh, sons and a husband. And the family is half Italian, half, uh, English, British and, um, a dog and a cat. So really inclusive. And, uh, we do, um, as a, uh, you know, in my, my career reflects a lot, uh, of my passions. I like traveling. I like relationships and, um, uh, and especially like building relationship all around the world. And that's why I graduated in foreign languages. Uh, I've graduated in French and English. And the reality is that I wanted to become a teacher. And the reason why I wanted to become a teacher was that my mom was a teacher and uh, she was doing her job with a big passion and she was always 
thrilled when her students were successful and uh, when they did a good job that I was so excited. And I said, okay, it must be the best, um, the best job in the world. And uh, when I finished my, my studies and I graduated and uh, during my studies, I was traveling a lot to learn languages, so France, Germany, um, uh, UK. Uh, what, I, what I really liked were all the connections that I was able to, to build and the ability to use the language to connect and, and, and communicate. When I finished my studies, so I wanted to become a teacher, but the first job was in sales. And, uh, and so I can say that I was in sales by chance. Okay. Um, and uh, the biggest driver was the fact that I, I was a very researched asset at the time because I could speak multiple languages. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, 20 years ago in Italy, there were not many people speaking multiple languages. And so I was called into an organization that had international branches. And that's how I joined the world of sales. And uh, I've been passionate about sales uh, ever since. Um, but my biggest, um, I would say my biggest, um, my longest career and uh, where I really grew as a salesperson had been when I joined Expedia mm -hmm. a few years ago. And on top of the job of a salesperson, what I really liked um, at Expedia was the transformation. So it's back in 2004. The majority mm -hmm. of the people um, were going to travel agencies in order to travel. And so the challenge that I had at the time when I joined, uh, I joined Expedia um, was to educate um, people, but especially like um, hoteliers, to distribute the rooms in a different way and uh, to help them see what will happen in the future uh, and thinking about what will happen in the future. People will travel differently. They will start booking their travel online and they will start, you know, exploring many more destinations that we are what we are exploring today. So the purpose what was was driving me, which was um, to really um, help people, you know, travel differently mm -hmm. and embrace a new way of traveling and and exploring the world. And that time, um, so selling was a lot about educating, about transforming the way um, hoteliers were distributing their their rooms, and. Um, and new functions were born because of that transformation. There was revenue management. The prices of the hotels were becoming like public to everyone. And um, there was a new way for hotels to distributing themselves because they were immediately in prime time. So uh, posting photos of their, their hotels, interacting directly with customers and for, for customers all around the globe. Mm. And so... Um, I really enjoyed, uh, the challenge of, you know, helping the, um, uh, this, the, all the, the, the hotels I was in contact with to transform. So was this working in the UK or was it working in Italy at the time? At the time I was working in Italy. In Italy. So, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's uh, that's great. So you, a little bit, you're, you found yourself following your mother's footsteps in terms of education, but with a, with a sales angle. I mean, the two, yeah. the two, uh, the two are very closely connected, aren't they? Sort of education and sales. So um, that's, uh, that's so interesting to, to, to hear. I think so you, there's a connection immediately though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Initially it seemed, oh, wow, I'm doing something that is completely different, but actually it was not. Yeah, and uh, I think this notion of transformation that you mentioned as well, you could, I, you know, from the example you've just given, I could see that that's a massive, you know, change that was taking place within the travel sector with with organisations like Expedia coming into it. Wow, how amazing! That that's great. Okay, so you started off in Expedia. What happened after that? um after that so I started when I started at Expedia I started first as individual contributor and um I was the only one uh, traveling all around Italy and contracting hotels uh, for them to be distributed through the the website fantastic job I was traveling I was seeing new destinations and I was interacting with many of these people and then I I moved up in, in my career, and I started leading the um, the sales team for um, for Italy. And then after four or five years of doing that, I thought, you know, I know um, quite a lot about the uh, supply side. I want to know uh, how do we drive demand to that supply okay. and how the e-commerce works. And so I left sales for about three, four years and um, had different experiences. I went, I started, I had two years of experience in e-commerce and um, and it, that was a very interesting experience because I learned how difficult it is to drive demand to mm-hmm. uh, once you have the supply, but also how, you know, how we can be rewarding when you, when you succeed in that. And then I moved into sales operations before having one day, uh, Avian Goran, who was uh, president of the Expedia business, reached out to me and, uh, and she said, Laura, there is a, a new opportunity here. It was back in 2016. And, uh, and she said, um, would, would you like to start building a sales enablement function for Expedia? And uh, I was thrilled by by that opportunity because it was, again, another big transformation. And it was about using what I was um, um, re- what I was like, what, what I was really enjoying to do, but in my, at a much bigger scale. So what made me successful in um, uh, in sales and when I was leading a, a sales organization, was really um, helping people grow, and um, um, and uh, and also um, I was very curious about how could I simplify internal processes for sales. How can could I help the team be successful and faster? And so you have all of this in in sales enablement. Mm-hmm. And even if I didn't know anything about sales enablement like ten years ago, I went out and I decided to 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 really understand what is what does sales enablement entail and uh, what am I supposed to do and how can I help, you know, the, the global team to be really become successful. Mm-hmm. 
And the fact of having sales experience, but also has walked in the shoes of different functions was super important for me, um, especially when you are in a function of sales enablement that interacts with yeah, yeah. everybody in the organization. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I think that's a critical, uh, it's critical that you have that, that sort of uh, sales experience like, you, like you've just said. Uh, so people just, uh, look at sales enablement uh, or have different definitions of it, I think. Some people see it as more to do with, with data and um, operational data. Other people see it more as training and education. So do you mind giving me what your definition is of sales <laughs> enablement? <laughs> it's um, it's really the perfect uh, uh, interconnection of humanity and technology. And uh, it's about making our sales team um, more successful in what they do by equipping, training, coaching, and providing them with the with the analytics that help them becoming better and better at what they do. So it's a it's a really good interact interaction between between the two. And it's um, it's a lot about helping sellers with the how they can achieve their objectives. I like um, uh, one of the, my first mentors in, in enablement, who is actually my current boss, was using an analogy about using usually, you know, um, sellers is given a destination that they need to achieve. And they say, OK, you need to um, climb Mount Everest in the next three months. Mm -hmm. And what sales enablement does is to equip with um, um, everything they need to climb successfully. But they are with the, the person who climbs all the way, all along the way, so that we can remove every single obstacle that they can find in the path and that they can reach the summit successfully. That's um, that's a great uh, that's a great definition. It, yeah, thank you, uh, thank you. I think we're going going to explore this topic in in a bit more detail later on. But um, so you talked about your your move in within Expedia into sales enablement, and that's given you a chance to explore this this new area uh, in some detail. So, um, what happened after that? How did how did your career develop after Expedia? So um, after Expedia, I joined um, um, a startup and um, and Deliveroo, and then uh, um, and where I I had uh, as a mission to build a sales enablement function, and um, um, I was helping there the sales team to um, be really successful with restaurants. So it was food tech. So from okay. travel to uh, to food tech, and um, and it was uh, really um, an interesting step because it was um, a lot about the velocity of getting you know getting the deals and getting people um, ramped up very quickly um, and um, productive really really uh, really quickly. So what do the sales team need to do? In order to um, be able to go out to market and uh, and contract more restaurants, and then I the last step was with Vodafone, uh, where I rebooted uh, the sales enablement function for for Vodafone business, and um, that's where our story started because uh, okay. we won the award 
for the best um, digital transformation in 2022. That's fantastic. That's great. So um, tell us what your perspectives are of sales enablement now and how it's evolved and what you think some of the big challenges are for sales enablement. Um, so from uh, 2016 uh, to now, there has been a big evolution of, of sales enablement. Back in uh, 2016, so one way uh, I've always um, used to do in order to get up to speed and um, um, really uh, be successful in, uh, in what I do is learning from what the best do. And so I'm reading books or participating to events. And I remember the first event in 2016, we were 20 people in the room discussing sales enablement. And I wanted to learn it all from the best, uh, best practitioners. And at the time, there was a lot of building. So it was a completely new function in, uh, in Europe. And, um, um, and that, at that time, it was all around uh, content curation. It was all around onboarding programs and uh, how uh, sales enablement could simplify the life of a salesperson. And um, what happened next with, um, like with the pandemic first hitting and then with the economic downturn, the, um, the function, the, the enablement function has um, very much and very quickly transformed. And it has become more of a strategic function in uh, helping uh, businesses to really turn the strategy into consistent execution. And uh, what I've seen happening is um, um, one, consolidating and uh, the function has proven its value when it comes to um, breaking silo within the company and uh, making sure that all the functions start working collaboratively, collab collaboratively together to reach mm -hmm. um, objectives or the impact that it, it has on um, making sure that the salespeople are confident and more productive and uh, um, achieve higher win rates. Now we have um, uh, just released a one of the latest report on on sales enablement, and uh, we have interviewed four hundred practitioners in sales enablement all around the world, from um, the U.S. to the U.K. to Germany, France, and what has come up is that eighty percent of the companies have now a sales enablement function, and. Those companies who have a sales enablement function have seen an increase of seven percentage points in win rate. So it means that um, enablement is really um, starting to get its seats, seat at the table when it comes mm -hmm. to transforming the way sellers sell and when it comes to seller productivity. So... Um, Especially in um, in a world where, um, especially in this, if we think about this economic downturn, and um, what are the side effects? So the uncertainty within the business, and um, the fact that uh, the uh, the buyer have really changed the, the way they buy. Mm -hmm. um, on one side, they are much more like product savvy. 
They go and they do a lot of researches before even talking with uh, with a seller. And uh, and also there are many more stakeholders involved in the sales process when it comes to taking the final decision about buying a certain pro- pro- product or about buying a certain solution. So selling has become uh, even much more harder than it was before. Um, and companies also, the competition has become harder. And so companies are pushed into delivering new products and new solutions at a much, much faster pace. And the seller need to make sure that they are they constantly stay current with the, all the new products, all the new solutions, all the new competitors coming into, into the market. And so what happens is also that the marketing team starts producing even more content. And so more content, more product to take to the market, more competitors coming into the sea. You can believe if you've been a seller, as I have been, no. you can you can feel like all the pressure that is um, within within sales. And so a function like sales enablement that simplifies and streamlines and um, and make sure that you um, that. Um, the the sales team uh, can really focus on the the main priorities has become like um, a key function um, that mm-hmm. company needs, especially in this economic downturn. Yeah, I think um, I mean we would uh, sort of totally totally agree with what you know what, with what you've just said, and um, it's been interesting for me to watch sales over you know quite a number of years now. Um, sort of evolve and develop. And I think it's it's been relatively if you if you look at systems to help salespeople sell, it's been in the context of history, relatively recent, that systems uh like CRM, you know, let's just take CRM and uh as as an overarching system have have evolved if you compare it to manufacturing systems or finance, which have been around for centuries longer than in sales. We've had it re- uh reasonably late um but we speak to so many organizations who are frustrated i think with the systems that they have that support you know the sellers to sell and a lot of crm systems and i'd be interested to have your point of view on it are sort of almost designed for the benefit of the management team and not so much for the benefit of the seller and I, I can see you smiling there. So I don't know whether that means you agree with me or not. Um, but um, what, what I'm sensing from what you're saying is that a lot of what you believe is the future is around putting the seller at the center of the system rather than necessarily management at the center of the system, if you know what I mean. Correct. And it's absolutely so um, I, I remember when um, I was in sales and uh, a new CRM uh, was uh, was introduced. And uh, as a salesperson, uh, sometimes you feel like you are under the eye of a big brother who wants mm-hmm. to know everything you do. And uh, and so um, I always look at the other side of the coin and say, okay, how can I use this to help me better plan, better forecast and uh, or to identify what other sellers are doing better? Why John is going faster than me? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when I was a sales leader, um, uh, what I was hungry of, if I wanted to grow my team, it was uh, 
to really understand what are the best practices, who is creating the maximum engagement with the customers and what are they doing in order to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you that um, CRMs help sellers navigate in the what. What are the actions? Uh, and um, so, for example, how many prospects I'm contacting and uh you know, thinking about what what are the actions that are happening in the in the sales cycle. What is lacking? Uh, what was lacking in the past was the how. Mm-hmm. So, how do I move, for example, from uh, a certain stage of the sales cycle to another? How uh, do I contact or how do I interact with my customers in a way that deliver value to them? So the main question after we have responded to the what, and I agree with you that it's uh, it's really perceived as a um, more of a w- management system than a um, a system that helps to drive productivity. Um, it's um, it's uh, you know thinking about you know how can we guide seller, how can we uh, you know provide them with. Um, the right information and uh, um, the 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 I would say the right preparation to mm-hmm. go and um, uh, actively have relevant conversation with customers and this is what sales enablement systems and platforms do and when you have a combination of a CRM and a sales enablement platform mm-hmm. that's where the CRM and uh, that's where that's that's the combination that helps yeah. with driving productivity. So I'm interested to talk to you about your views on management and enablement. And um, we see often two schools of um, sales management practice. You know, one school is the best way to motivate and get the most out of your sales force is to only focus on sales performance, sales results, to almost have a culture of fear, you know, that if you don't hit your quarterly targets uh, often enough, your job is at uh, kind of jeopardy. And um, they, they, they really believe in that. They, they believe that the best way to get the most out of people is, is through what we call a sort of management by fear type culture. And there's another school of managers, and I think you, you, you would absolutely fit into this, that is, is very much about coaching and it's very much about using information to help, like you've just said, help people to become more, more, more productive. Our, our view is that probably 90% of organizations, sales managers out there are probably sitting more in the management by fear seat for whom these concepts of enablement are going to be slightly um, sort of bizarre. It's nice to have, but actually I think the way I've done things, you know, target-driven, sales result-driven, not really interested in leading indicators, much more interested in the the, the lagging indicators. Um, now, maybe, you know, I, that's, that's how we see it at the moment. Now, maybe I'm being a bit provocative, in this and and uh, but i'm i'm just you know perhaps i'm doing it just to you know have a debate about it but yeah. i'm interested to know what your views are about management because unless senior management really buy into sales enablement it's going to be really difficult to bring all of these support functions together 
Yeah. And uh, so, um, and what you've just described is one of the challenges that we have as um, in, in sales enablement. Um, which is a good um, uh, which is a good challenge to have because if we manage to transform that, we will manage to transform the way the sellers sell. And um, it's uh, so I have experienced uh, what you are describing. So managing by fear and uh, being very very results driven, and uh, usually this is also driven by a culture of urgency where everything is urgent. And so you have less time for thinking and more time. And it's all about doing. And um, one way um, that where sales enablement can make an impact, but it's, uh, I would say, 50% of impact in this type of culture and where you can have a uh, CRO or a VP of sales with that mentality to listen to you is by uh, providing some quick wins, which are not on productivity, but on, on efficiency. So what, what they care about, and because they are looking at lagging indicator, they're looking also at how much time my sales team is spending with them. Um, with, with customers and how can I reduce all the admin stuff? And so this is something that enablement can solve, but it's like a quick win and in the short term. So what I can see is, um, for example, in companies um, I've been working as sales enablement practitioners, sales team were spending about eight to 10 hours every week just to look for content mm -hmm. and stay current or make sure that they were prepared for their meetings with customers. And so one of the programs that I had was, uh, let's reduce it by 50%. And then once I get to 50%, another, another 50%. So it means that I was giving my sales team um, four hours back every week, which is 20 hours back every month. It's a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And this you know, uh, improves for sure the efficiency because you have more time of sellers with the customers. What is really difficult in that culture is um, to think about um, now that I've given you time back, how can we help seller in using that time more efficiently? And that's where you need to have more of a growth mentality mm -hmm. where you can use some of that time to help seller to upskill themselves and some of that time to be more customer facing. But the part of um, making sure that there is this accountability to learn to uh, and to continuously improve the way you you do things come from more of a growth mentality and not a fear mentality because mm -hmm. you need to assign part of that time that you're giving back to the uh, to the sales team to be able to absorb and uh, and really um, grow in their profession yeah I love the um yeah, the the culture of urgency. I think that's so so true that you've uh, you've kind of uh, alluded to as well. And also, interesting comment you make about how do you, you now having sort of made free of freely available this extra time. It's how do you fill that time with with uh, productive ideas? But you're saying that the biggest challenge is, in in your view, how to get people to readjust what they do. So are you saying by that, that um, the growth mindset that you've alluded to is something that you think is, is lacking or is it just a void that people are not too sure how to use their time or 
do you feel um, organizations or individuals perhaps haven't really understood the concept of a growth mindset? Um, that's the, you know, I think that um, some companies um, buy into the idea, but then it's the execution that is lacking. Because everyone, if you, um, if you talk conceptually about growth mindset, uh, they would say, oh, yes, that's what we want to have. But actually, when they act and they execute, they execute more in the urgency mode. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the uh, biggest impact that sales enablement can do is to help mm -hmm. really transform. It's this uh, change management that needs to happen. It's the way you execute. It's the yeah. way you start with a new culture um, and how this new culture then plays across the organization. So if you were taking on a, you know, if a, if an organization invited you to come in and, and help them, you know, with their sales, you know, where do you start? Where, what, what, what do you, you know, what, what would be your starting point? If you were to come into Consalia and help us transform our sales productivity, what, what would you, what would you do with us? <laughs> that's really uh, interesting question. And that's my job actually. Okay. Uh, what right. I do. Uh, okay. So, 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 tell us more about your job then. <laughs> um, as uh, so, um, what I do is I work hand hand in hand with companies to uh, make sure that they so we work together to achieve the transformation that they want to achieve. And uh, we've just uh, launched uh, as high spot um, a new sales enablement methodology that is called mm -hmm. the strategic enablement. Uh, framework okay and um um i'm very graphic in my uh way of seeing things so you're being very italian there with your with your hands, hands. <laughs> 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 so let's say that um the first thing that you need to understand is um uh, where the company wants to go so our everest um the top yeah. of the everest and um this can be pretty straightforward. Something that sometimes is missing in company is um, an, um, really understanding where you're starting from and, mm -hmm. uh, and assessing where you are. So am I trained enough? Uh, do I have the right equipment? Do I have the right coach to go up to the top? Do I have the right strategy? And do I have the right, the right plan in place to get to the top? And so... Um, it's really important that together with your strategic initiatives and uh, the outcome that you want to achieve, you understand what's your starting point and what could be the potential blockers uh, mm -hmm. uh, that I need to remove to make sure that this happens. I will give you a, an example um, of a company mm -hmm. um, I was working with. And uh, the strategic initiative was um, they launched a new product and the outcome that they wanted to achieve was more revenue. And uh, um, what we, when we started analyzing, and, and in the middle between the two, who is really who is the key um, piece of uh, the execution are sellers. So it's the sales team who are the, mm -hmm. the ones who need to execute on that on that strategy. And one of the biggest blocker of that sales team was um, um, the fact that the customers were, uh, the majority of their customers were very digitally savvy, but the sales team wasn't. And so 
how can I make sure that my sales team has the right skills and capabilities in order to be where my customers are? Mm -hmm. And so you start thinking about, you know, what are the programs that I need to put in place so that I equip my sellers to to go to market in the channels and becoming really expert of the channels that help me achieving those um, those customers. As you know, changing human behavior is super difficult. And sure. what you what what we usually do as as humans when we are in an emergency or an urgency, we go back to the initial behaviors. We kind of forget everything we have learned in a one-hour training and we go mm-hmm. back to what we were used to do. And so this model works in uh, once I equip my sales team with um, what they need to know in order to go to market, it's really important I train them and um, in a safe environment where they can practice. So I practice with you, Phil, my mm-hmm. pitch before pitching it directly to my customer so that, you know, I, uh, when I pitch the customer, I'm really confident that mm-hmm. I am driving the right message. And the third piece of pillar that is really important of this methodology and uh, what really helps us in embedding a new behavior is about coaching. It's having somebody who is looking at how you're pitching to a customer and helps you mm-hmm. improving the way you engage with the customers on the go. This is the human aspect. You remember that at the beginning, we we're talking about the technology. Yes, yeah, absolutely. If you have the right technology in place, what the technology gives you is a lot of data uh, about, for example, who are, so I have this salesperson who has gone through the documents, has gone through the training, has started pitching, you know, this product to um, to my customer. And actually what, what I'm seeing is that they have 50% open rate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what, as a sales leader, what I can do is um, understanding, thanks to the technology, what is working well and what is not. And this is really powerful because what you can do is to course correct mm-hmm. on the go. You, is, um, is, is, um, is to understand what is working well that I need to do more. And potentially use this and expand and uh, educate other sellers in the same team with those best practices. And what is it exactly that I need to stop doing? Because also um, identify what I, I need to stop doing is equally important as identify what to, do I need to do more of. Mm-hmm. And having access to this data helps you, one, coach on the go, mm-hmm. reinforce the right behaviors with your sales team while they're working. And so it's not a one-off, but it happens week one, week two, month one, month two, until it becomes part of your DNA and you start using the same approach more and more. And then you to introduce something new. So methodology is really equipping, training, coaching, and analyzing and reinforcing the right behavior in Mm -hmm. your sales team. And that's how sales enablement can really help, you know, embedding new behavior, making sales people more agile in what they need to do and help them achieve their objectives. And how, how 
easy is it to um because i th i think part of this relies on analyzing the conversations that go on between a salesperson and a customer is is that correct not yeah. not just uh whether you won or lost something is, yeah. is, is that, so how is that sort of information captured in a way that doesn't require salespeople to spend too much time kind of reviewing what might come out of sales calls how, how's that part of it done so if the customer allows you to you can record that call okay yeah and uh, and so you can identify uh, right, right yeah okay that, that's really powerful yeah Yes, it's, uh, it's it's very interesting. The whole sort of area of sort of analytics and conversational analytics, and even down to words and phrases that are sometimes used that have a positive or or negative uh, impact. But perhaps more easy to do it if you're in a a sort of digital sales environment where you're on the phone or using Zoom, where you know it's. But in a face-to-face -face selling environment, perhaps more difficult to say, do you mind if I record our conversation? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Correct. I guess it, it depends yeah. on on the situation uh, that we're in. So it's a combination of data, which, you know, the, you'll be looking at the data systems they have and you'll be looking at how do we make sure we get the right development content in front of the salespeople so that they are sort of learning. This is your growth mindset, I think you've, you know, learning about the products and uh, and that's um, that's how you would start to bring together data enablement uh, training uh, in into helping salespeople. Yeah, become yeah. more productive. Yeah, especially as a, for example, um, I was seeing that a lot in um, um, in companies where um, when I introduced this um, this methodology. A lot of the the sales uh, leaders, especially sales manager level, um, they were sales managers for the first time, yeah. and they didn't know how to coach their their mm -hmm. teams. And so, one way that was really effective to coach them to become really good coach mm -hmm. was to start from some data, and uh, because the data themselves don't tell you a lot, it's when you look at the data and then you start talking with your team and say. Okay, I see this number. Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. That's when you create a very good relationship with um, the team you, that you're leading. That's when you get insights. And then that's when you start asking the right questions that help them finding the right answers. Mm -hmm. um, and so to go back to your question, how do you help companies, uh, you know, to really transform and uh, um turn the strategy into execution. There's a lot around this methodology that um, we can help putting in place and that really helps driving the sales behavior that you want to drive to execute mm -hmm. the strategy. But of course, it depends on case-by-case -case basis and on the priorities of the company. So yeah. um, we, always have a, we always have this two starting point. Where do you want to go and start thinking about where you are what are the challenges in between and how can we remove all those barriers? Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. Um, what would you say is more important out of mindset uh, versus sort of knowledge and skills in terms of achieving sales performance? Where, 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 you know, what would you prioritize out of those two? 
<laughs> I think you know my answer, <laughs> mindset. You would say it would be mindset. And this this comes yeah. back to your growth mindset uh, kind of perspective as well. Now, of course, we would, um, yeah. We when would... you have the right mindset, you can then acquire uh, skills and yeah, yeah. abilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so we've learned a little bit now about what you're doing at high spot i think in terms of the new the new sort of career that you now um have have developed and i've looked at this report that uh is is on the website which is in some ways it's really insightful in some ways it's rather frightening isn't it with some of the data that you you're getting out of it in terms of the way sales and marketing interact and some of the uh, you know what in the, you've talked about it already, some of the, the lack of training and support that's provided. So, no, I found it, I found it really interesting uh, to see some of the, uh, the data. And I, I have to say, I, I constantly um, am sort of challenged with this notion of how sales and marketing can work together from a demand gen to a, you know, opportunity management kind of perspective. And, so often you see there's a disconnect you know, between what happens in those two uh, sort of areas. But your career has sort of taken you through that whole experience from Expedia, working in the e-commerce environment, looking at the challenges of demand gen and opportunity lead generation and how difficult that is. So I think you're, you know, you've obviously one of these uh, individuals in sales enablement who've got a huge amount of um, expertise in this area because you've seen so many different aspects of sales enablement. What are your thoughts about professionalizing sales as a as a as a function? You, you probably know that's a subject very close to our heart here at <laughs> Consalia. <laughs> yeah, I um, so I absolutely love that idea. And okay. um, um, first of all, I think I'm a salesperson, uh, and uh, and I I loved. Um, I still see things with a sales mentality. I have that. I'm um, I have that impatience of uh, achieving objectives, of um, a, you know, getting the the tangible, uh, the adrenaline that you have when you sign a contract, yes. for example. And so um, I think that um, having a an experience in uh, in sales and uh, dedicating your career to sales really gives you a especially when I I go back to one of the podcasts where you were talking about um, when you are in sales um, the importance of your value in life. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're a person uh, who likes connecting, who has em empathy and uh, um, a really living life with authenticity, that's the profession where you want to be. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all these traits uh, are big traits for, for a sales for a salesperson. It's a lot about connection. It's a lot about helping each other win and um, and thinking about, you know, putting yourself in uh, the other person's shoes and understanding what can I do for you to make yourself successful. And, uh, and that's when, you know, um, it's not just about selling, but it's about building the future, um, the future of a company together. Yeah. And I, I think that um, you said yourself at the beginning of this interview that you fell into sales by accident and, 
you know, it's probably not what you thought you'd be doing, you know, all these years later <laughs> so, <laughs> with a passion. But it, it, in a way, sort of coming into the sales enablement uh, function as, as well as you have or thoroughly as you have, it's it's as a speaking to those teaching and coaching. I can hear these words coming from you as, as we're having the interview. Um, but no, it is uh, the most amazing profession to be in for all the reasons that you've just just given. And uh, I agree. I think this function of sales enablement is is really becoming really important. Um, I'm hearing some different words associated with enablement, which is um, interesting me around words like chief anticipation officer, uh, which... Um, which we're going to do a podcast on with uh, one of the leaders at SAP um, as well. So, no, I think it has got an enormous future. And uh, I think uh, your your knowledge and your experience has been absolutely amazing to have shared with us on this podcast. So I have to say thank you so much, Laura, for taking part. It's been amazing. And I hope thank we can you. have you back and share more of your stories at some future episode. I would be delighted to. Thank you very much, Phil. <laughs> okay, thanks, Laura. That's uh, that's amazing.